Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough. Will it? Jesus pointed to himself, and it was not enough. And they soon, along with Philip, deserted him. And I think there's a little Philip in all of us. Just show us a good old-fashioned talking burning bush. And I'll believe. Or show me a, a parting sea. Yeah, that'll convince me. Or healed lepers or blind men able to see. Just show us something like that. You see, what God offers to us every day is just not enough. Jesus is just that carpenter's kid from Nazareth, right? René Girard, a French philosopher and anthropologist, once said that the myths from Babylon and Greece celebrated strong heroes, not victims. The Greco-Roman world took over the Western world. So we like powerful, strong heroes because the Greco-Roman world took over our world. Contrary to this, Jesus took on the side of the victim, the poor, the oppressed, the sick, the marginalized. Christ the King Day is today. And it ends the Christian year. And next Sunday, we start a new Christian year with the first Advent. Christ the King Day. King of what? It's not a celebration of power. It's a clarification of Jesus' ministry, mission. So what type of king is he? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Again, a student of Dr. Girard said, Jesus' death brought the most sweeping historical revolution the world has ever known regarding empathy for victims. Jesus introduced a whole new message to the world. When I and my wife were in London many years ago, they have all types of tours you can go on, and some of you probably have been, been on them. Well, I talked my wife into going on the Jack the Ripper tour. <laughs> I thought that was going to be cool. It was a good tour, but it wasn't what I expected. It was a, a sociological historical tour about what caused these women to be where they were at that time and what was happening in East London at that time. See, the West End of London never really looked at the East End. They never traveled there, they never went down there to see how bad it was. They were doing okay up on the West End, so I assume everybody else is doing okay. That's their attitude. But it was through Jack the Ripper that the news began to trip, uh, creep into their West End's lives about 
the conditions of people in the East End. And it was that news that began to, uh, food pantries began to emerge. And work reforms for children and improvements in housing. The installation of streetlights and shelters for homeless women. Sadly, it wasn't the church which awakened Londoners to the poor. It was Jack the Ripper. George Bernard Shaw once wrote that the Jack the Ripper did more than any social reformer to draw attention to the intolerable conditions of Whitechapel slums. In some respects, the Ripper murders served as a force for change. This particular set of murders generated a huge amount of press coverage, which led to a massive surge in public interest. And the reports were putting a spotlight on societal problems in the late 19th century London. On whom does Jesus place his spotlight? Is it the Olympic champion? Is it the Roman general? The religious leader? The emperor? He, he lifts up the Roman soldier who cared for his dying slave. The friends of a paralytic who ingeniously found a way to get their friend to Jesus. The woman who was caught in adultery. The tax collector who gave his fortune to the poor a member of a minority race who stopped to help a victim of a roadside mugging, a shamed woman who simply reached out to touch his robe. That's where his spotlight went. Would we have put a spotlight on that? Now let's be clear, we're, we're surrounded in our country by the power game. And it pushes us back and forth. And sometimes we're under the crush of the power game. Sometimes we're the power. It is Christ our King who keeps us from being overwhelmed. Keeps us focused and protects us from being taken over by power. It is Christ our King who still teaches the world what to lift up as examples to celebrate. Jesus does not take notice of one's bank account or position in society or seat at the boardroom. When I was a pastor in San Antonio, when I first got to my church, we were analyzing all types of demographics in the church, and we found out that some of the people in our church were going to the big church, the rich church the famous church in the community. And we asked some of them, well, why, do you, why are you going down there? Because that's where you meet the right people. I never thought that was the reason why we should be going to church. Jesus takes notice of the heart, the nobility of the soul. Jesus takes notice of those who realize that they need help. Jesus reaches out to those of us crushed by the power game, 
those of us who are marginalized by the power elite, those of us who are brushed aside as insignificant by the power coaches. Now, some of us, you know, have children that have been involved or maybe are involved in sports. It's amazing how many coaches immediately get an idea about a certain player and they just kind of put them over to the side. And they sit on the bench the whole season because the coach didn't see anything in them. There was one coach in San Antonio who had a series of state championships, Judson High School. I don't know if anyone has ever heard of them. And the coach was D.W. Rutledge. And I heard a story about him that made me realize why he had such great teams. He had a young kid that came on to his team who was a skinny little kid that ran like lightning. I mean, he could beat anybody in a race. Problem is, he couldn't catch the ball. <laughs> and he was, the coach was so frustrated. Well, I know many of coaches that would have given up on the kid. But Rutledge didn't do that. He told the, told the young man to stay after practice. And so he did one day, and he said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to throw 20 passes to you, and you have to catch every one of them. You miss one, and we start all over again with 20 catches. About two and a half hours later, he finally finished the 20. But you know what happened to that kid? He came, became all state. He scored tons of touchdowns for their team and went on to college to do quite well in college. But if it wasn't for Rutledge, he would have been brushed aside. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus also reaches out to the powerful because he knows that the powerful have great influence over people. And you, some of you, who are powerful and have, you've been given a gift. You have skills of leadership. You have a position to make a difference in someone's life. You know, some of you have seen the old movie, the original movie of Spider-Man. And what's that line that his uncle told him in the middle of the movie? With great power, there must also come great responsibility. That, to me, is the Peter principle. And then you have Jesus saying, everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. That's the Jesus principle. If you've been given great gifts and talents to be a great leader, then you are responsible for those whom you are guiding. And I've, I've talked to many of people that get pumped up into being CEOs or vice presidents of their companies, and they're actually a little nervous because they're not sure how to help people in their company. They have to learn how to do that. There are those who struggle with what they do with their newly acquired power and authority. It's a great opportunity to teach the younger generation of leaders. I had a young 
man and his wife in my church in San Antonio who, um, when I was only been there a couple of years, he kept calling trying to set up an appointment saying that he and his wife wanted to give a gift to the church. And I thought, well, that's nice. You know, I'm a young family and he's going to give a nice gift, maybe a couple thousand dollars and I love it. You know, we'd be very thankful. And we kept going back and forth trying to get a meeting. Finally got a meeting and he comes in and he hands me a check. It was $100,000. And that started our endowment for that church. I never thought that someone would give that much. But he goes on to tell me why he's doing it. One was because he wanted to thank the church for all that they've done for his family and his kids and help them grow in the faith. But two, his boss of Valero was a great giver to the community. And he instructed all of his junior execs to give of their selves or of their finances to the community to help build up the community. And he said, that's stuck in my head. And that's why I'm here giving you this check. That boss had great influence over his junior execs. And I bet you those junior execs then passed that down. Great opportunity to bring dignity to those whom you lead. Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough. Jesus simply points to himself, who later is condemned by the greatest justice system the world has ever known. A society which considered itself sophisticated. A society which promoted itself as the most civilized. A society which believed to be the most powerful in the world. And we have to ask our question. What would our society do to Jesus? Ever thought of that? Show us the Father and that will be enough. The problem is our society is mixed with Greco-Roman power message and Christ's message. A power hero and a servant leader. This is why we're so confused sometimes of how to function in that world. What do we believe? Who do we follow? What is Jesus' message to us in this Greco-Roman power society? It's the same message he gave to Philip. Show us, the, show us the Father and that will be enough. You see, our king chose to be born in poverty and disgrace. Our king chose to spend his infancy as a refugee. Our king chose to live as a minority race under a harsh regime. In total conflict of what our image of king should be, our king died as a prisoner, unjustly charged. The crowd turned on him because they were looking for a king. But his kingdom was not of this world. That's not the answer the crowd was looking for. And for many of us, that's not the answer we're looking for. Show us the Father. And Jesus is saying, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Watch my actions. And for you, if you're still struggling with that, read the Gospels and see how Jesus reacted to the world around him.
Christ the king today? Yes, but a different kind of king. A servant king. A servant king leader. And that's whom we should be following.